three, two, one. Hello and welcome to Albums in the Attic. But yes, it's the Albums in the Attic award show, otherwise known as A-Tears. A-Tears. It's the A-Tears award. This year's a bit different, folks. The TV have given us one hour. That's right. We're on a time limit. One whole hour. The, the, the TV have said you, you have an hour. Your award show's that big. And it's all because of the fans. The fans. Thank you for... Oh, yes. Thank you. We've got all the stops. We have um, guests and musical bits. Future months. And we're here to do all the best... The, the awards that you, you, you know and love from the last few years. Including awards like Mabel's Label. <laughs> awards like the Colin Greenwood Award for Bass Guitar Excellency. Uh, Tofurky's Slikirky Award for Best <laughs> Lyrics. We also have the ATAS Super Group. Super, super, super group. Um, but sorry, Raph, I'm just getting word from uh, the CEO of TV yep. that uh, we need to do the first award now. We've got to do it right now. We've got to do it. That's because we're on a time limit. We have. How much longer have we got? <laughs> oh, there go my keys. We have only 58 minutes. Okay. Believe it or well, not, um, sitting down. Um, we'll do it. We've got the coffee. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors today um, for letting us be on, on TV. It's a nice, it's a nice change of pace. Uh, and today we're sponsored by all of the soap operas. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Neighbours mm. is, 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 is number one. Uh, EastEnders, I would say, is number two. Is that your favourite soap award? No, these are the, the level of which... Oh, the sponsor level. Maybe gave us the most money, then EastEnders. Um, yeah. Surprisingly, um, nothing from Hollyoaks. Um, no. Which are not to be... Not to be. We haven't got the right demographic for them. No, they're uh, not... Uh, home, and, home and Away. Uh, home and Away. We have a really strong demographic. So yeah. they are number three. They're number three, yeah. And um, the funny thing is our doctors... Yeah. ...actually um, offered us to sponsor the whole thing, and we said no. Yeah. And we said no because Home Improvement have given us all their money. Exactly. And they are number four. So exactly. uh, that's that's what that's, this is all about. That is not an ATAS, but thank you to all of those. Well, we're going to have our first person here to um, to, to read out our first award. Uh, and that is the co-host of Albums in the Attic, um, the, the founder of 12 Cabins. It's James Maitry. Hello. Um, I'm here. I've just arrived. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Loving the studio. Um... So the first award we've got um, is actually not going to be introduced by me. It's going to be introduced by this gentleman. Hello, Master Wife. Oh, my... Yes! Why do you a real clap? I've got the instrument. Yes! <laughs> Hello there. Have you going to go and blow the bloody doors off? Oh! Thank you, Michael. That's right. It's the Blow the Bloody Doors Off Award for Breakthrough Artist. Incredible. Um, so, is, yeah. is there any nominations? Uh, there is no nominations. <laughs> there is only winners. <laughs> only winners at the ATAS. So get away, we. Get away, we. Get, get away, we. Get Hawaii. <laughs> get a Hawaii. Um, mm. Do you want to go first or shall I? Um, I'll, I'll go first. I'll. Um, oh, um, no. I'll <laughs> we've got all the celebs in the house. Celebs, uh, cheer for us. Yes, that's what they sound like. Um, Thanks, Michael. Make sure he gets back into his seat. Okay? Yeah, we'll let, so we'll, let, we'll let him in. Um, uh, um, mm. Coffee. Mabel's Label Award. A big, a big award. Mate, I blow the bloody doors off for Breakthrough Artist. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> That's what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. You, you go first. 
You go first. Have you got one? You go first. My Blame the Bloody Doors Off Award for Break Their Eyes. <laughs> uh, this is actually one that I've actually got three people. <laughs> it's three so, nominations. So if you want to pick one, you can. No, no, you go for um, it. <laughs> I'm good. So, uh, I'm gonna, I will do a bronze, silver and gold award. Yeah, yeah. Um, bronze for me is uh, Nalufi Yanya, because what, nice. what a surprise she was at the start of the year. Um, loved hearing her album recommended by you. Um, a really brilliant and interesting debut record. Um, should have been nominated for, I was going to say a Brit, but I mean the Mercury Prize. The Mercury Prize, um, yeah. Really good record. Uh, number two, my silver medal will go to Pom Poco for just being the weird and wackiest find of the year. Um, another great record. <coughs> Birthday is a really eclectic and fun album. Um, and that was just, it was really great to find someone unique. But my number one gold prize. All the medals go to Lily Tolmers for Breakthrough Artist. What a, um, finding someone who was um, basically unknown, um, and it's been great to see kind of people respond to her record, uh, as well as just you know hearing from her. And, and uh, it's nice to connect things from the other side of the pond and um, someone who's, in, who's enjoying the podcast. So uh, yeah, I thought that she made the most sense, uh, and she's the blow the bloody doors off Breakthrough Artist for me. Okay, thank you, celebs. Um, and thank you to the crowd who've only just started making noise. It's as if there was a technical difficulty. And they're, they're, look how loud they are now. Um, uh, they, those are great awards. I have a, um, a bronze, silver and gold, okay. which I totally didn't write just now. Maybe because the first on my list was the Mabel's Label Award. But it's the Blown the Bloody Doors Off Award, and it now makes sense why we had that guest on. <laughs> it makes all the sense. And my bronze is Billie Eilish. Oh. She's come in, and she's made one of the best albums of the year. And I'm moving my head a lot. My silver was Nalufa Yanya. Oh, that's for the same reasons. And my gold is the same. It's a joint ATAS award, A-tas. and that's for Lily Talmers. ATAS, ATAS. It's combining the names. Okie dokie. Oh, by the way, if you have gotten this far in the podcast and you're wondering what the hell is going on as compared to usual, you should know by now this is the most rambunctious show of the year. The doors are off. And I don't mean the doors to the room, I mean the doors to reality. <laughs> you know why? To be blown the bloody doors off. <laughs> That's the quiz. That's the quiz. That's where you start with the Michael Caine. That's the quiz. Who's, we've got, uh, there's another, there's an, oh, the next one. We've got a guest, I think. Go on. Okay. Fight them up. I'm so happy you picked me. As the name of the award, I'm Mabel, and these my labels. Wow, um, <laughs> nice to see you, Mabel. If you can hear me, bad hearing, Mabel. Uh, what happens when you are over a hundred years old? Um, she is six thousand years old. She, they, they did. That is, Raph is a Greek Cypriot, and he knows all the ancient Greeks. Yeah. Does it still exist and Mabel is one of them. Yeah. Uh, Mabel's power was that she never dies. Good old Mabel Hakadakis. <laughs> it's the Mabel's Label Award. Have you got any nominations? Are we jumping straight to I, the winners? I, did, I think you might have one that I might pick. So I uh, I do just have one label that I want to mention. Yeah. Uh, and that's not a label that have maybe released music this year, but one that I just wanted to kind of shout out for the work they're doing, and that is Damnably. Now, Damnably are a London-based label, really independent, really small, but they focus on... Korean artists and Asian artists, so they um, uh, are the label that Seisumi is on, the same label that Shonen Knife and Otoboki Beaver are on, um, but I just wanted to give them a shout out because 
must be really hard to be a label for a lot of international artists and particularly very small and get them over here but I've seen Say Sue Me twice this year and I saw them a couple of times last year due to the Great Escape stuff um, so it's been really great to see a label promote international artists and really go out their way to get them over here and get them touring regularly because it must be really hard if one of you are a Korean band to get over here to, so to have backing and everything really really special um, and it's just a really great label when they have um, every, anything they put out I always kind of check out um, they have a really funny band at the moment on there called Drinking um, it's like the Men and Boys Drinking Club or something like that and who, who literally just are just a Korean band who write songs about getting hammered and literally that is all that every song is like I'm drunk I'm drunk it's like a punk band it's amazing um, so yeah I just want to give Damnably Records a shout out because I think they've done really great work this year right there we go Dam 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 my pick and uh, thanks again to Mabel for co coming down to the, to the TV studios. Eyeless Records. Oh, okay. The Brighton-based Eyeless Records, um, who released um, the um, Winnipeg, Minnesota album. That was my number 25. They've also released a bunch of other stuff. I'm slowly going through all their releases. Um, if you just look on their website and their band camp, they are like, just, you can just tell how much they care about the Brighton scene. They release um, Brighton kind of like lo-fi folk stuff but also Brighton underground hip-hop and Brighton rock and just a big eclectic mix and they're doing a they, they do loads of like um, lathe cut records loads of uh, interesting releases and it just it, and they do loads of um, gigs here in Brighton and I'm just excited that I've uh, you know uh, I've I'm now kind of tuned on to that scene because I think it's a really exciting thing um, there's, I'm sure there's other labels who could have got the awards a uh, bunch of good labels this year, but um, that is. I did want to like one, the one I thought you were going to mention was Four AD, just because the National Big Thief. Yep, I was uh, thinking of Four AD. So, um, Four AD would Four AD probably you know they'll they'll get the the, the major. Some of the big. Major they're the label. major Mabel's label award. The major Mabel's label ATAS goes to Four AD, whilst Mabel's label ATAS goes to Eyeless Records. Thank you to Eyeless Records, and thank you to everyone. Um, Involved. That's we've done. We're that. ten minutes in. We've done two. There we go. We're, we're doing all right. I've just yeah. I've heard from the CEOs. What it's all good at the moment. It's all good. Okay. Um, they the viewers saying stop telling your viewers you are talking to the CEOs though because they are our overlords and they control everything. Ah, oh, it's a shame. Um, next up, late to the party award. Oh no, I'm late to the party. Unlike Mabel and Michael Caine who turned up on time. Yeah. And late to the party, we actually have a special guest to, to do the late to the party. Uh, I'm just hearing in, uh, we actually have a very famous film director who's coming in. Um, it's actually a big surprise, James. I've actually, I've brought in a film director just for you. Okay. Um, I've brought in a film director and he's going to be, he's walking through the door. Oh my right God, Right now. It? Oh, he's late. He's not going to come. He's late to the party, isn't he? Yeah, oh, that's a shame. Oh, oh. We're going to have to think of someone else. Anyone you think of? Anyone I could think of. Um, what do you mean, uh, what is it, like, guests? Well, I'm just looking at the audience now, and I can see... There's a, there's a, there's a pair of uh, brothers from Manchester, by the looks of things, because they are all winners tonight, because they are the Oasis. Oh, my God. And that is my late to the party award. Oh, my God. Um, that's, that's, yeah, I see when Noel... No, it's good Liam, to see you, yeah, Noel. Liam, yeah. um, They're not sitting next to each other. <laughs> No, they go out. Anyway, Oasis, uh, my winners for Late to the Party Award. Um, as I've gone on over the, over the last few podcasts, I've, I've been listening to them non-stop since, you know, during the latter kind of quarter of this year. 
um, been really kind of getting to grips with just their albums outside of just knowing a few singles really um, like really I think definitely maybe is a is an Attic Collection worthy album uh, is um, it, are, you, are you sure or, or definitely maybe yeah obviously we did our, our Blur Oasis What's the Story versus 13 is that the name of the album yeah um uh, and that was a really fun episode to do. Um, I've been actually even diving into some of Noel's stuff, and I really enjoy his first album and some of the, the, the last kind of couple of songs he's put out. So it's been really nice, and I feel like I'm kind of, I've, you know, I've assimilated myself into the fan base of Oasis, and I feel like um, I'd be interested to know. I mean, I can I can deal away with anything we put out, but I've been really enjoying Noel, and just I'm excited to see kind of. Where he goes from now on, I'll be following that, which is nice. It's nice to always have a new person you're excited to follow. Um, so yeah, Oasis. Late to the party. That's an ATAS. It's, uh, it's, it's my, my turn to give out an ATAS for the Late to the Party Award. Um, I found this one a, a bit tricky, but in the end, um, my main thought, my first thought, I went for just my gut reactions to every single nomination here, and it, I was just thinking of Bob Dylan's Rolling Thunder review. How much I love that film, how much I've listened to a, a bunch of those recordings and I've listened to a bunch of stuff and the two people that I kind of was thinking about a lot was Bob Dylan and Joni Mitchell. I'm giving them it to them both. I'm uh, at the moment reading Joni Mitchell's new book that I got for Christmas, it's amazing. Listening to her, loads of her stuff, loads of Dylan and the clips of them and that film are, are incredible and that's why I'm going to give them uh, the Eight has Late to the Party Award. Well, hey, amazing stuff. Many years late. Many, many, many years late. Um, okay, next up is oh. the next duck. Uh, oh. That's why it is biggest disappointment of the year. Oh. Always when your voice turns like this, doesn't it? Oh. Uh, it's a bit of a We don't like to do it to them. No, we don't. We don't like handing... They never come to the awards show anyway. No, they don't. They don't, they always, they always... Can you remember who you gave it to last year? Mm. I think I gave mine to Mumford and Sons for Maybe. Delta. Yeah, but woman, didn't that get your song of the year? <laughs> Absolutely never. Oh, okay. um, yeah. uh, I can't remember who, gave, who I gave it to last year. I gave it to. I remember I gave it to Warpaint one year. And I gave it to someone Ooh. else, and maybe the last Shadow Puppets or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that was one year. We've um, done this for a while. Yeah, we no, have. I'm not sure. Um, do you want to go first this time? Because I went first the last time. I'll, I'll go first. I don't know why the crowd's going mad there. <laughs> Whoa! Calm it down. They know it's the big award. That's why. Um, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, biggest disappointment. I had. I had to think about this. Um, wasn't too sure. But in the end, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it to. And this is mainly also because I've been thinking about the end of the decade, thinking okay. about those artists. And my biggest disappointment of the year goes to Kanye West. Oh, it's controversial in every way. Jesus is king. Yeah, Jesus is king. The new album by Kanye. And I'm not. I think the album's absolutely fine. It's okay. It's just a very middle of the road. It could have even got the normal, normal award. Um, and it was in contention for that. I think the main problem is that um, from seeing all the live clips of his kind of gospel troupe, seeing, and I do really want to watch the IMAX film they put out, all the live stuff and like him on the plane is really, I think, amazing and really uplifting and really um, joyous. And it got me really excited to see, okay, what's he going to do? And the album is just like a, just by the numbers, kind of boring, slightly lo-fi Kanye album. Yeah. With like the same samples, because occasionally a gospel choir. And it's like, if, you want, if you're going to do it, I wish you'd just gone 
all the way and had it like the live clips where it's just like all gospel, all just voices. I would have found that really interesting and like such a left turn. But instead mm-hmm. it was like he was just dipping his toes into it and it just wasn't. In the end, I think just came across a bit bit meh. That's my biggest disappointment considering last year uh, he had albums up there and near the top and for a decade I've been thinking about him there as well. So yeah, it's just a bit of a disappointment. Eight airs. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, mine uh, uh, is Harry Styles with Fine Line, mm. as you'd expect. Um, I, I think I've very much made myself vocal about my thoughts on this record. I don't think it's. I definitely don't think it's a bad album. I, I just think. I think when you when you have a young artist, someone who's making their technically their second solo album. I know he's made quite a few albums in One Direction or whatever. Um, but it's more a case of it's 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 just annoying that to, like. Hearing, even hearing him talk about the album, he's 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 talking like about it, saying, "Oh, I was really stressed during my first album because I really wanted to kind of get everything right and get all the pieces together." Whereas this, I kind of was, I wanted to just relax and just kind of do it. And I'm like, "That's nice that you want to relax, but also like you kind of want a bit of spunk from a young artist. You don't want to, you don't want to. That's not the kind of album you expect from him just yet. You know that's and that's kind of where I'm at with it. And the album, listening to it, the songs are perfectly catchy." I don't think there's anything that's particularly hits you in the heart or anything like that. I think my favourite song is the opener, um, Golden. I think it's a really nice song that's almost like War on Drugs-esque and I was really interested to hear it but then the album kind of goes into kind of typical Harry Styles, Fleetwood Mac-esque territory. Bit of, you know, something, bit of kind of modern production on it from time to time but um, that's just nothing that grabs me and therefore it just makes me a bit of a, a bit of a disappointment. Bit of a, hmm. Yeah. And that's why it gets the eight turns. Yeah. The Eighters. Biggest disappointment. Yeah. Um, goes, to, goes to Harry Styles and it goes to Kanye West. And it's a shame. So both people have been on our end of year lists. And it's a shame to see them get Eighters. Yeah. But a bad one. But we, we go from a one to an 11 because it's Rafter on a Save Award. It's going to be your award. It, it's, it's won the best awards of the night, everyone, for this Eighters hour. And it's the Thierry Henry returning and scoring against Leeds. Is it, was it Leeds? Then running to hug Arsene Wenger Award. It's the hype song of the year. <laughs> it's the hype song. And we actually have a, a, a guest here who's actually going to, um, who's <laughs> even though we've just said what the award is, we, we have a, a guest here to say the award again, I guess, because we haven't got nominations. And James, that's Arsene Wenger himself. Uh, hello. Uh, this is great to be back, guys. Uh, it's great to be at work again. Uh, uh, really put on the spot doing this. Uh, what would you like me to say, Raf? Um, just uh, we uh, just just say that's an Atas. Oh, that is an Atas. There he is. It's, it's Arsene Wenger. Thanks for coming. We spent a lot of our budget on that. Au revoir. <laughs> and that is, and it's the hype song of the year. Um, do you want me to go first? I don't, I don't know. See? I'll go first. Uh, my hype song of the year um, goes from what is maybe the, my favourite pop, pop, just pure pop banger album of the year, and that's from Charlie XCX. Oh, okay. So I'm picking her song. I her, like it. Her featuring <laughs> Christine and the Queens, and it's gone, and specifically the end when it has this weird like uh, vocal sample breakdown thing, and in the video they dance, and it, I can't really explain it that well. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very good though. Um, and I put it on my um, like, on my um, on my playlist. I was gonna say a party playlist, but it's more just like a get up and go playlist. Cool. Um, so it. I'm putting that, and it's Charlie XCX uh, featuring Christine and the Queens with Gone. It's the hype song of the year. Doop. 
You're doing it. That's oh, amazing. That's awesome. Eight tears. Um, my Thierry Henry running and scoring, then hugging Arsene Wenger award hype song of the year goes to Red Rum Club. Oh, it's them. <laughs> With Angeline. Angeline. Davy Davy song. Uh, it's the first song on the record. Starts off with a galloping horse, which is what you want to go. You want to be on a horse. And then it kicks in with the signature Red Run Club trumpets. And it is just a great song. My favourite song probably by them. Um, and it's just a great way to kick off what is what I, dis- what I did call the party album of the year on the uh, Top Albums Incredible. Uh, show. Uh, and, and it's just a brilliant, brilliant song. And it's a uh, huge chorus. Have you seen, have you seen my Angeline? Uh, no, I haven't. But, uh, <laughs> Are they in the crowd? Are they in the crowd? Are they? Don't know. I can't see them. We've got a large audience here, so if they're there, sorry about that. Um, Michael Caine's still trying to find his seat. Michael, is he? Can someone? Oh, is that Wenger? I can't tell. We we put them next to each other. Now realizing mistake. Yeah. You know they're too rumptious. <laughs> rumptious. <laughs> it's the. It's we've got um we've got an, another one. Surprisingly, we have another award to give out. <laughs> another another has award. Um and we uh. And I think we got we got a guest who's going to just announce what the award is. Um, I don't know where where they are. Are they? Can you see him? Uh, I can't um, because I don't really know who you're referring to in the crowd right now. Um, if you want to give me a news point somewhere, that'd be helpful. To, uh, over there. Yeah, over there. Um, right. Just I hope. Sorry. Can you, uh, put my contacts in? The guest. Can the guest guest stand up? Sorry, we got we it was on the TV. We, we spent all our budget on these guests. And they're not, they're not coming out. Um, okay, we have the next, the, we got the next one here, and it, it's actually Dot Cotton. Wow. Got uh, Doc, okay, that's who I'm going to be looking at. <laughs> Dot Cotton's here. Um, she's come out. Dot, can you come out, please? And can can you announce what the next, the next award we're giving out is? Me. Uh, <laughs> Dot, uh, yeah. Dot, come. Dot, Dot, Dot. Yeah, Dot. Um, um, Dot, if you want to say something. Well, 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 welcome to the, the eight eighties. Not Mabel Dot. <laughs> <laughs> this is the award for best album fart work. <laughs> Thank you for that, Dot. Um, uh, best album artwork. The best album fart work. Best album fart work. I'll go first this time. Um, I, it was. I kind of went quite instinctual with this. Uh, the first album that kind of. Uh, I kind of was thinking of um, and that is The Japanese House mm. with Good at Falling beautiful artwork it's really a lovely nice. landscape I would say Tatooine-esque oh. mountains in the background person in, not even in the foreground still in the distance but it's just a really beautiful relaxing spacious cover and I always think of it when I hear the songs and I think that's a really key yeah. thing when I'm when considering artwork like the, the kind of the warped electronics of that album really do seep into that visual and I always imagine it it's weird to think that someone probably created that in a studio because in my head I was like, no, they created it in that desert. It makes no sense. Anyway, Japanese house. Hoff, you're kidding me. <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> it's I've got nominees. Hoff, <laughs> you're kidding. I think it's the only one where I have <laughs> I have nominations. These aren't nominations actually. These are ones I nearly gave the award, but they haven't got the award. So um. These uh, these people nearly got an eight as Sigrid Sucker Punch. I, I love that album cover because awesome. I love the um the kind of what's it called, uh when you cut things out and stick it onto things. Um, so long as when I get home, I think her album covers have a really 
uh, unique look to them. Um, Not Waving But Drowning by Laurel Carner. I think that's got a great album cover. Sandy Alex G, How's the Sugar, got a really cool album cover. The National, I'm Easy to Find, has awesome. an amazing album cover, but mainly because it's from the film, but I like the paint strokes. Way's Blood of Titanic Rising, amazing album cover. It's underwater, they did that for real. Tyler the Creator of Igor, that's a really cool one. Lana Del Rey with NFR, I really love that album cover, um, even if I don't think it completely suits the album. I nearly gave it to that, but in the end I'm giving it to this one for the same reasons you did, because it just makes you think of it, and that's Jason with Anakko. Jason with Anakko gets the ATAS for best album artwork. I love the kind of sunset colours, I love the cool little drawings, and it really feels like the songs. Amazing. There we go, and thank you Doc Cotton there for doing that, reading out that award. Um, Thanks Doc. Got the award, and we're actually gonna, I've just been told by the CEOs, they've said we've got to go um, for an ad break, um, and so that, but here's, um, we've got, we got an ad break, and it's, it's, we're gonna do the ad break right now. Um, have, have you ever wanted uh, cleaner clothes? Just use detergent. We're back! We're back from the ad break. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for staying with us. Thanks for staying, everyone. Sorry about that, guys. We're just bit because we're on the TV. They. Uh, this is how we pay for all our guests. We have. Um, we have. A, we've got another one now. Um, we've got another one. Uh, we, the next one, and we actually have a guest here who's going to read out um, the next one, and and it's related. The guest is related to the award, and to to announce the next award, we have Matthew McConaughey. Thank you, everyone. All right. All right. All right. Here it is. Thank you for coming, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Um, that's thanks for sitting back down as well, because that's as much as I'd like to hear from you today. Um, oh, all right. He didn't even. He's actually sat back down. He hasn't even told us. We Matthew played. McConaughey just smokes loads of weed. And does he didn't. What he, wants, he, he didn't even say what the award was. And um, well, this award it's is the best film score. Best isn't it? film score. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for interrupting you there. Best film score. Best do you want to go? Do you want to score? Um, yeah, mine. Uh, again, first thing that came into my head. Um, if any score has stuck with me and one that I've listened to since the film has come out as regularly uh, it's, it's Mark Jenkin I'm giving the award to Mark Jenkin uh, for the score that he did for his own film Bait um, talk about a film filmmaking genius um, he uh, you know does, the, does his score as, as well as pretty much putting the film together with his own bare hands um, so uh, and the score is just amazing as well I'm not just giving it to him because, because of that reason it's a beautiful um, you know, really kind of lucid, lang- you know, lucid kind of dream, uh, kind of synthesizer thing, um, and I love the kind of quips that you have of the film that come in and out, um, and it really kind of does just make me imagine shots from that film, whether it be kind of the harbour or the fishing nets, or um, I forget what the son's character's called, but uh, him just kind of on the beach, just kind of hammering at fish, like it's it really does um, totally capture the kind of feel of the film and the feel of Cornwall as well, I think. The kind of, and there's a real kind of heavy melancholy, melancholia over it all. Um, so yeah, Mark Jenkins for bait. Yes, that's the audience. Is he in the crowd, Mark Jenkins? Oh, he looks like he's not here. He's busy shooting his next feature. But that's a shame. But uh, hopefully he can hear this. Um, someone in the crowd, if, they, if you can give them the ATAS. Yeah. Michael Caine's stolen the ATAS. <laughs> Who gave it to them? At least it's good TV. Good, good thing we could probably catch him because he's not going to be running. It's a good, good TV. That's yeah. all I can say. Um, looks like it's my turn to give out an ATAS for best film score. <laughs> um, I, I had um, 
three nominations. One was bait. So well done, bait. You've got a nomination. You haven't won it, but you've already won one, so that's fine. The other one was for, for uh, The Dead Don't Die, Skrrl. Skrrl oh, okay. with The Dead Don't Die. Interesting. Um, because I love all their soundtracks, and they're probably my faves. They've done, you know... Lovers, Patterson. Lovers yeah. and Patterson, which are two of my favourite soundtracks of the decade. Um, but it's actually going to go to a film which some won't even would say doesn't even count. But its UK release was this year, which means the best film score goes to Anna Meredith for her work on 8th grade. It's oh, the 8th awesome. grade soundtrack. It gets an 8 hours. If you haven't watched 8th grade, um, one, watch it. It's amazing. But I think the soundtrack is really clever because it feels very modern. feels very, like, internet feels very kind of meme It's hard to kind of describe. It, it reminds me of you, me, and everyone we know, the John Brigham kind of soundtrack, whatever. Oh, it's not him. That's Ladybird. Well, it doesn't matter. Fix it in post. It's live. <laughs> um, and uh, But it's very quirky, but it feels very fresh because it feels, it feels of its age. And I feel like in like 20 years' time, if you watched 8th grade, the music would really help set the kind of time period a bit because it just mm. feels very internet. And I'm not sure what that even means, but that's what I feel like. Awesome. Very cool. That's the eighth grade soundtrack. Ama- amazing work there. Um, thank you to the crowd there for, for cheering along. Um, next up we have, um, and it, it's some would say the, the the most important part of the awards show. It's 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 what this whole thing's based on. It's probably the reason they gave us the TV hour. Yeah. Um, and that's because we're about to assemble the greatest team of all time. We're about to assemble. The year's greatest musicians. That's right. Screw you, Marvel. Screw you, Star Wars. Screw you, um, Universal uh, Monsters Universe. Oh, yeah. We're back, baby. It's A-Taz Supergroup. Supergroup. That's right. And we're going to go off. We're going to go off. (laughs) And we're going to come back. And we're going to do that award right now. Yes. Um, And it's going to start with the best plumber. For the best drummer, drummer award, Ataz, Ataz. Um, I'm gonna go first if that's okay with you. You know what? I think you can go first. Thank you because um, mine is really funny because uh, so my award for best drummer of the year is gonna go to Pompoko's drummer. Whoa! Um, for being an absolute machine he is. behind that kit. I'm surprised it was in one piece after he finished with it. Um, don't know his name because <laughs> <laughs> because when you look at when you Google what Pompoko's names are, it just comes up with all their names. As in, oh, it, doesn't, it? it doesn't say, like, the drummer, John, it just says, like, the band are made up of Martin Miguel, uh, Martin Jonas. So, I, and, but, so yeah, I just say the Pompeco's drummer, he was an absolute machine. Um, uh, so here's my number, pick, number one pick. I don't have any nominations for any of these. I've just given it to the best guys. Well, that's because it is a super group. So do you that, want to go that's, next? That's why. Me go next. That makes sense. We're gonna do it. It's the. It, I'm gonna give my best plumber for best drummer, drummer award. So that means in the supergroup we're gonna have two people on the skins. Oh hey. Battling it out. <laughs> That's good. And the best plumber drummer goes to James Krivchenia. He's the drummer from Big Thief. So that's why he gets the best. Drummer Plumber Award. There we go. Well, the, hey. the crowd's going insane. All they're booing. It's hard to know at this point. Um, they, he gets it for his um, restrained kind of uh, like bouncy drum beats is how I describe it. I don't really know how. He, I think he really ties it all together. 
Um, I feel like a lot of their songs, especially on the Two Hands album, uh, aren't really like they're not done to a metronome. It's all swinging all over the place, and he's he's keeping them in check. And I love I love all his kind of Beats Ringo how the drummers do stuff. Like yeah, that, yeah, Ringo Star esque kind of drumming, which I think is very understated, but he keeps it all going. And uh, if you have the your your Pompoko guy kind of going going mad, but you know yeah. on the skins doing all the solos. Yeah, we're gonna have um we're gonna have the big thief guy just kind of just chilling in the background. Yeah, yeah. Just keeping the rhythm going. Awesome. We've got our back line. We don't. <laughs> Amazing stuff. They're on the right. stage. Imagine them. Next, next award, um, one of my favourite awards always to give out is the Colin Greenwood Award for Bass Guitar Excellency. Um, and that is also going to the bassist from Pompoko. Do I know their name? No. <laughs> but they are really talented. And um, again, I can, I, like, when I was thinking of individual performances this year, I always just get taken back to watching Pompoko in the bar of the Hope and Ruin watching and you could literally look at every single member and it would just be some, doing something absolutely ferocious um, so in terms of specific performances that is one I'll always think of bass is always a hard one to give out as well but it was easy when I when, as soon as I was thinking of it I thought of this guy so um, I remember him wearing like a baseball jersey it was like yeah, a really, like, great. He had a really cool backwards hat um, are we going to give awesome. him best um, backwards cap ATAS award yeah have it he gets it as well. He's a double double winner. So whether you are Martin Honas or um, uh, Ragnild, uh, fair play. Pompoko. Well Pompoko. done, Pompoko. They've got half the band in the super group. They're doing it really well. They're doing really well. <laughs> uh, now it goes to my bassist. And there might be a theme here. As my bassist is Max Oliatschik. Big thief. <laughs> yes, well done to Max. Um... This was a tricky one to give out. I think I think every year we end up both just giving out the drum and the bass together. I think that happens. Really, yeah, and it makes rhythm, sense. Rhythm section, isn't it? Makes sense. Uh, so our rhythm sections, I'm imagining them now. Um, so we, we're, let's assemble the band in our heads. We, I'm going to imagine that the bassist of Pompoko is, is with the bass. They're both next to each other, the bands. Kind of like uh, the drummers are at the back. I don't know why I'm trying to describe. Yeah. We're on TV, actually. They can see it. The, the, the drummers are there and then like kind of to an angle at the bassist. So they're just making this nice little kind of back. Okay line at the back, you know, just just chilling it down. And why have I picked my guy? Again, he's just kind of jamming along. And the main song is, is not where he's just kind of jamming and then like starts doing some cool high notes and just some cool nice melodies. He, he can't constantly doing these nice melodies. He plays like a kind of, again, like a Paul McCartney bass kind of tone thing. And there's even songs uh, like Cattails, which is probably my favorite song of, of theirs from the both albums, where um, if you listen, there isn't even a traditional bass line. He's just got the bass on like a weird ambient pedal and it's just doing like kind of droning noises. And, and I love stuff like that because um, there's an interview where he says that he kept trying to add bass lines. No bass line would work because the song was too good. So he yeah, just yeah. did some drones. That's and I'm like, awesome. that's, how you, that's how you do it. That's the, we've got our rhythm section. That's amazing. Um, Ateres. Straight on to guitar players. Yes. Um, for me, it's... Pompoko! Whoa! Sense of theme going there's on There's a theme in, in the supergroup. I mean, there's in terms of absolute shredders of the year, it's got to go to Pompoko. Um, we've seen some lovely guitar playing, you know, from everything from, I think, you know, Lily Tolman's album, I think it's got some really beautiful guitar playing, and I think the National are always really interesting and adventurous with the guitar playing. Even Bruce has some lovely guitar mm. playing, but in terms of guitar players sticking out on their own, it's got to go to Pompoko. That guy was a machine, band full of machines. 
Um, uh, just a really impressive player. And the, the thing is with that band as well, I think I've, you know, I've, I've picked the kind of instruments from that band. They, they all managed to do this thing, these things individually and all make it cohesive and make it a band performance. It is not like, look at me, I'm the, uh, the obviously talented one in the band or anything like that. This is a band full of energy and full of fun and full of good times. Uh, and that's Pompoko, and that's what I'm giving it to their guitar player. Pompoko, and do you want to know something shocking? Go on. My best guitarist was also the guitarist from Pompoko. Was it? Yeah, but I, but I wrote down his name as Martin Miguel. I wrote down all the names. Martin Miguel. Oh, Omar, I put Martin Tom. Miguel Almagaro Ton. That's what I put. Yeah. I don't know where, I, so I'm guessing that is all their names. Um, but this is a secret. So that's, that's his name. That's just his name. So that is his name. Well, I'm assuming if you found found that, then yeah. Don't know where I found it. Um, now okay, we've got the we've got the, the Pompoco people on the side, including the guitarist, and then yeah. we have the two from Big Feet. I'm going to switch it up now because he's we the supergroup's already got him in it. He's the lead guitarist. So I'm going to add it, give it to someone else who I've just thought of on the fly. We're going to give um, he'll be lead guitar. So the rhythm guitarist, I'm going to give it. It's the J Sum. Oh, cool. J Sum because I love the guitar and like yeah, Superbike the bang one L bang. So she's gonna do some yeah. cool little rhythm sections. That's so awesome. out of nowhere, the best guitarist Ataz now for rhythm guitar in this supergroup. So some diversity in the in the group is Jay Sum. That's amazing. Ataz. Best vocals. Best vocals. I'll just rip that bandaid off because mine is also Pop Poco. <laughs> I picked Pop Poco as my supergroup. Um, because one well, I partly thought that Raph would maybe be doing this with Big Thief just because I, I, I tried not to but yeah no but also and also the thing is with, with I was like who in terms of just because we pick these awards uh, at, like, purely after the performance of the individual it's like it doesn't necessarily reflect like the songs it's like the performance that person is giving yeah. in those songs and everything I've talked about with that band it all kind of means nothing if you don't have a singer who can hold your attention, you know, and who can really kind of drive the performance and really actually stand out amongst that carnage. Um, and I think she's just incredible. And like to watch a band like that and to have her just to see her beaming with a massive smile on her face, kind of like almost like laughing at like how mental this all is. Um, it's just a joy. And she's really, I think, the core of that band. So yeah, I wanted to give it to her. I think that thing. Eight times. My one, um, I'm, I'm going to change it up. One, I have the person. But I've also given an additional award because you know why not. So the um, best vocal award um, I'm giving to Bruce Springsteen. Um, from Stokes, um, Bruce, after his, and mainly because of how good he is in the Western Stars movie, and he's still got the pipes. He's still got the pipes. He has that conviction in his voice. Also, I like the idea of having these big thief people and having Pompoco, and then just having. Bruce Springsteen at the front of it. Oh, and also yeah. imagine Pompoko as Bruce Springsteen's backing band. Amazing. But I'm, now, I'm also going to give out best backing vocals. Okay. And I'm, the backing vocalists are going to be Phoebe Briggers and Connor Oberst. Better Amazing. Oblivion, because I just think their voices are nice together and I just want them in the band as well. Oh, which yeah. means we have um, our ATAS Supergroup of the Year. So let's, let's, let's imagine the stage for everyone now. On, you know, um, We'll bring them in to do a performance. Yeah. Um, we've got Pompoko. Yeah, on like the left hand of the stage, and then her in the middle, I guess. We have the big thief, drummer and bassist at the back. We have Jason doing rhythm. We have Bruce Springsteen, maybe with like an acoustic guitar and singing lead, with with Pompoko. He's there, just both singing. And then um, right in the corner, just for just for fun, we have Phoebe Bridges and Connor Oberst just doing some nice backing vocal twang. Pom 
Som Thief Community Steen. Yes. Pom Som Thief Community Steen is the name of this band. Yeah, and they sure are bosses. <laughs> Eight hours. I'm getting words from our sponsors, yep. and by sponsors I mean the overlords. Yeah. Um, we have 15 minutes remaining. That's incredible. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, we, we're going to oh do it. Oh my lord, and... It's worth noting this because Chelsea have just equalised against Arsenal. Oh, um, Georginia okay. was scored in the 83rd minute. Uh, That's so a real we'll shame for Arteta. We'll see if we can do it. Big shame. Hopefully it's they live. can draw something back Hopefully from they can do it something. What's next? next? Award. Uh, the next award, uh, as I'm looking at the awards right now, is the Limestone Award for Worst Song of the oh, Year. Oh, it's, no. oh, we don't like doing it to them. We don't. We don't like doing it to them. But there's always hundreds of options. <laughs> there's always so many. <laughs> Stop doing them. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I've I've got a kind of bunch. Um, I don't know how you've got yours. Do you want to go first? Cause I, was I just have one. You've got go for it. You shoot. Um, and I've, I've given it to them partly because you know I think they're in the crowd, so I do feel really bad for them. We invited them out. Oh, actually, no, we've okay. invited them out. Uh, we invited them because we'd actually named the award after them. Uh, oh, and so like, oh, wow. uh, so we thought it'd be fun if they were here. But now I'm really embarrassed. Uh, that's because the. The worst song of the year, and and it's low hanging fruit, but it's just the first one I thought of, and it's Coldplay with the lead single from the last album. The song was Orphans. Um, I think we listened to it together. It's them trying to do some weird kind of Paul Simon world music type thing. I think it's dreadful, yeah. and it's um, you know, it's them. You know, I'm sure they had fun making it, but that weird chorus with, with Chris Weller. <laughs> It's the Limestone Award for Worst Song of the Year! Oh, wow. That was quite, a, it was quite an experience. And I think I did that pitch perfect. I couldn't tell the difference. I thought yep. you just played it. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, copyright. For me, I always find this award tricky because uh, like initially, I just think of bad songs I've heard in the air and my mind is just like, well, I don't really like Lewis Capaldi and that, that Someone You Love song is the biggest song of the year and I think it's dreadful. Yeah. Um, it's just like an X Factor song. It's just like, mm. and I just think it doesn't really fit in our circles of no. what we cover. So I'm like, that's just everyone thinks this is bad, right? Obviously not, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so then I was just like, what other songs have made you feel like that? And I was like, well, Louis Tomlinson with his Liam Gallagher rip-off. Oh, that was which odd, is, yeah. Which is a song that is probably written for the Gallagher. It's a really weird thing. Um, and then, but then, like, when I think of stuff that we listen to, I'm like, it's really hard to find a, a bad song amongst the rough. So this yeah. isn't necessarily, like, the worst song of the year, but one I'm like... I wish the album could do without this, and yeah. I think the album would improve as a whole. And this might annoy you because it's one of your favourite albums of the year. Oh no! It's Lana, and it's doing oh, yeah. time the Sublime cover. And I think you know that I'm not a big yeah. fan of that cover, mainly because I'm a Sublime fan. Um, so I won't keep this reasoning for very long. But I just wanted to mention that as a song. That I was just like, I think the album's actually really good, and like, uh, I actually listened to it weirdly enough over the last week a few more times, and so I think it's a really special album. Um, but for me, that song I can just do without. I understand. I prefer Sublime. That's true. Anyway, that's that's my. I mind. like the song. <laughs> the crowd seem to as well. <laughs> we don't know what they're doing. We can't. <laughs> we can... That crowd. It's the crowd after WrestleMania. Yeah. They boo who they want to cheer and they cheer who they want to boo. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Every time. What's the next award? The next award is they've only gone and done it award. They've only gone and bloody done it. And that's for a band or an artist that has been going one way. Oh, you're not very good. Oh my God, you're a good. Or, oh, you are, you're so good. Oh, you're not very good. 
They've U-turned. Or maybe our opinion of them is just U-turned. U-U-U-U-turned. It's an English. Have you got any nominees? Do I? No. <laughs> I've got one. Yeah? I've got one. Um, and that's, I think it might be obvious if you've spoken to me in person this year. Um, and that's Sam Fender. It's the Fens. Uh, an artist who I was kind of initially a bit nonplussed by. I thought he was kind of like, you know, I was initially just like, oh, is this just a Springsteen ripoff? Is this just a, you know, a corporate machine in action? <laughs> is this just some guy who looks attractive getting given money to make an album and all this kind of stuff? And to an extent, maybe it is. But at the same time, I've really grown to love him. Uh, I've really grown to love his album. And seeing him live confirmed... It was either going to confirm or, you know, make me wince or, like, make me reject it. And uh, it, was, it was a really brilliant show he put on. Um, and an artist, I can't wait to see what it does next. So, yeah, my U-turn, they've only gone a bloody done it award, goes to Sam Fender. Sam Fender! Lovely. I've, I've got one person who wins. I've got someone who wins the award. There's no nominees. For me, this is less of, this is um, kind of my own personal perceptions changing into a U-turn. There's a few people I could have given it to. I'm giving this to the artist and an album, kind of in the same way. And that's Sandy Alex G. Ooh. He gets my You Ain't Gonna Blind Onion Award. And that's because um, I thought he just had a few good songs, but his albums are always not that amazing. And that he was just a bit... Well, and someone I thought I should really like, but I didn't really think they were all that. Um, uh, but then, and also their album came out, listened to it, didn't really care for it. And then recently in the last month, it's all I've been listening to. Um, if I had more time, it probably is already higher up in my top 25 if I had to do it again. I think it's an amazing album. Like, honestly an amazing album. Now I've been listening back to his other albums, I think they're amazing. It's Sandy Alex G. Amazing. I now get it. Yeah. I get it. That's that? why. That's it clicking. That's it clicking from not getting it to getting it. That's a U-turn and that's an A-turns. Should we go for the next one? Yeah. The next one, uh, we're getting there. We're doing well. We're with doing the board. good. Are happy with what we're, we're doing. Doing good. Uh, unlike what they are with Pellegrini. Um, best moment in a song. Uh, best moment in a song award. Always a really fun one. I always really find this award. It's fun, fun because. <laughs> oh my God! Chelsea just scored. You're joking. It's in end of t it's injury time. Chelsea have just scored. And Arteta means... has got to go. <laughs> He's got. <laughs> to go he's gonna get the sack now bring Venga back Chelsea um, are winning <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you think you've got it bad we're about to have David Moyes as our manager anyway it's not going great in the football so let's bring it back to the best moment of the year award yes um, in a song a wicked a wicked wango card of a moment um, I'm gonna go first if that's alright yes go, go for it um I picked this moment because it's a moment in a song. It maybe isn't like the most like euphoric, oh my God, isn't music the best thing since sliced bread moment. But it's a moment that always, I always, it's a, it's a specific moment that always stands out in a song for me. And that is on um, Bruce Springsteen's Western Stars, not the song, the album, on the song uh, Wayfarer, where the, where the brass comes in. I always say this when we listen to it, it's the second track in the album, and it's when the album, it's the album comes out of the station because you start off with the, you know the relaxing hitchhiker and then on Wayfarer it kind of starts off relaxing and then the strings and the brass come in and you're like here we go we're on a ride it's Bruce Springsteen let's do this baby yes um, and it's, it's just back, and it's always a moment that always perks me up when listening to it it's like 
I really love those first one and a half songs anyway, but like it's it's just the moment where it really kicks in. Like it. So that's uh, the mid late of Wayfarer. Incredible. Um, I've got a few quick ones to mention before I do my award. Um, <laughs> Frank is losing energy at this point. Tom, uh, Tom York with, with Dawn Chorus, and, it, and it's, it's the build when it all starts to swell, oh, and in, yeah. in the, it's like the bit where he's on the wall doing that, like uh, like the kind of going against, uh, in the film, you know, the bit in the wall, that bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the kind of breakdown after the chorus, second chorus of Hey Ma, Bonnever, um, the, the exact bit after, follow the light, bam, just that bit. Um, the ink showed of Mariner's apartment complex, the dun 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 and the strings then it goes in. Um but I'm actually giving it to another song from that album, it's the Lana album. Um she's gonna get her first I think her first is that is that right? The first eight hours of the night. Actually second eight hours she got one song. And that is the uh it's the it's the trippy ending of Venice Bitch. Just the just when it starts really going all trippy at the end. I remember the first time hearing it and being like Oh, there's still like five minutes left, and there's certain bits in it which like, which I could give it to exactly, but it's just the trippy ending to Venice Beach, and that that's moment of the year. Eighters, eighters, award. Um, right, we're really getting there now. Um, we've got lost one of the, one of the awards that I always find most confusing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And you'll really laugh, you'll laugh at my answer because it's not an answer. So we're doing a Lost in Transition Award. <laughs> it's for the best transition between a song to another song on an album. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to go first? Yes. Your, um, this is kind of one of your awards. I think that we should rename the Lost in Transition Award to the Tom York Lost in Transition Award because I oh, think with his does. latest album... He has proven himself that he's got a lot of strengths, but I think an underrated one no one talks about is how he always has the perfect transitions. Yeah. Each song just blends into another. He's the master of that. And which is, um, I want to give a, a quick shout out to Sleepwalking to Dil- into Dylan Thomas, because yeah, that's amazing. a nice one from Better Oblivion. But yeah. it's going to go from Twist track into Dawn Chorus on Anima, because Twist, the high energy twist. And then it kind of just ends with this kind of like weird kind of rumbly synth and then you hear some kind of like background noise yeah. and then suddenly just the there's a, it's a seamless cut as they call it the dawn chorus um goes in it just makes both songs even better makes the whole album amazing that's my lost in transition eight oh, i still if i think of the best transition i'm always like well it's just dex dark and desert island disc isn't it exactly every yeah. time it's just that um for me <laughs> Uh, it's a really, it's not a good one. It's not even. A, I don't think it technically qualifies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my, my, it doesn't make any sense, right? Okay, yeah. But for some reason, this is what, this is yeah. what on my mind went when you, when I was like, "What's the best transition award this year?" The best transition award for me is from absolutely nothing to the start of the Lee Thomas album. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yes. Sorry, so you mean? I mean, from from, from nothing, nothing to music, to so the start from, of this thing. So from the absence of no noise, yeah. So su- silence, yeah. The absence of noise, um, to pressing play and getting the beginning of the Lily Towers album. Yeah. So and, that's and your the feeling that 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 beginning brings. Not not the silence itself, but like the start of like from going from not hearing music. To <laughs> <laughs> so, so it only works. Okay, it works if. If you're not listening to anything beforehand, yeah. so you're not allowed to have just listened to an album, there has to exactly. be at least a little yeah. bit of time. Yeah. And so it's from, it's from, 
It's from it's nothing from the... to the start of Lily Thomas is what I've actually put. But so, yeah, yeah well, so I, you know, I mean the things you can find. Because um, I think it's just a, my favourite opening song of the year. If there was a best opening track of the year, it maybe would have gone to this. That's yeah. probably more usual. That'd be a more normal award than a yeah, transitional award. It's ba- I'm saying the best intro really is what I'm saying. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I, I, do, I, do think, I do think from listening to nothing to listen to that uh, is part of the experience. Ataz, it's the Ataz Award. Lily Talmers picks up another Ataz Award. What, a, what, a, what a, um, what a success story that has been. Next up, normal, normal. It's the normal, normal award. It's the award that I. So you think the awards can get more pointless? <laughs> this is the award for the most normal album of the year. You can take that as you wish. There's not really any criteria with this. Yeah. I'm sure you could say any album, and it would count. Um, the normal normal award. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's what an award to give out. It's always I find so much, they never come to the for crowd for award for something so normal is always in, in a weird way the most subjective award. Yep, <laughs> makes no sense. It's contradicting in a way. Um, for me, it's Harry Styles. I've given Harry Styles for turning into something interesting into something which I would deem as being normal. Yeah, yeah, which is the most. I guess that it makes sense why you'd be disappointing as well. When someone you're excited about becomes someone who's normal. Um, so yeah, that's me. Hope They've gone from a, a bright light, a new hope, to a, a normal. To a lamp. <laughs> They've gone from a, a, bright, a bright spark into like one of those electric electric candles. That's what they've, they've done. And that's the normal, normal ATAS award. I now need to do it. The normal, normal ATAS award from me. Um, this is... I, this just won't really make sense. Really, this is just the first band I thought of. My normal normal award goes to Black Midi with their debut album, Schlangheim. Oh, Schlangenheim, yeah. Schlangenheim. The reason I'm giving it to this is because I think it's the most normal, normal kind of album for Radio 6 kind of record store listeners. As soon as I listen to it, I'm just even... It's the most normal um, experimental music I can think yeah. of. As in, it's experimental and I haven't really heard anyone kind of do it. But it's like, in a some weird way, I find it kind of stale and it just sounds like what I imagine experimental BBC Six kind of Mercury Prize music to be. Yeah. And every time I listen to it, I don't really feel anything. So I'm getting giving him the most, the normal, normal award. I would The Ates Hour, it's going strong. Well, the next award now, which next is award. Um, the Tofurky is Slickerky Award. This Tofurky is Slickerky Award. For the best lyrics. The best lyrics. Um, I've not awarded a set of lyrics. I've just given it to a lyricist because that, to me, is the way, like, um, it's just what my mind went with it this year. Um, yeah. Only because there was a specific person that immediately jumped into my head. I was like, this person's lyrics are actual lyrics that I've listened to, for starters, and also I just... Um, Poetic and beautiful and amazing, and that is Matt Berninger of <laughs> of National um, National of Fame. Yeah, uh, just uh, I mean, what can you say about his words? They've always been great, and uh, they, and they continue to be. Uh, yeah, I mean everything from Light Years to Ryland to Hairpin Turns to you know, you know. Oblivion's uh, Roman Heart, Lede, uh amazing. It's, I'm, not, I'm just saying the song titles, but the, all these songs contain little pockets of wisdom. Um, and always, I think with his lyrics, always just really strike an emotional chord. Even if it's not about the specific things he's speaking of, it's, he's just, he can really do it. So, um, Matt Berninger. He gets an eight hours. Uh, fun fact about him 
I don't know why I'm saying this. Him, him, when him and his wife, wife write the lyrics, they do it in one big spreadsheet. That's cool. So they don't. He says he doesn't. He, he doesn't really think of them as songs. And some, it's just one big. He says he thinks of it like a novel, and the songs just kind of get. He just pick out bits of lyric and put it into a song. Interesting. Amazing. So it makes sense. He just gets it. You know, they just get the award in general. I'm giving it to one song in particular. And that is, it's been mentioned, it's been given an award already, maybe. Actually, I don't think it has. And this is uh, Tom York with Dawn Chorus. Oh, nice. Uh, I think it's the highlight of the album, and I think it's one of his most poetic and beautiful songs. And the first time I heard it, it made me cry. It still sometimes makes me cry. Don't really know what he's doing in the song. Don't know why the lyrics are so, um, so sad. Um, but for some reason, I think it's some of his best ever work in terms of just a, uh, just a song as a, as a song it gets the award for this, the tofurkey is slickerkey okay dokely um we're getting there now we're getting there it's four o'clock mind and the hour is now up so the the, the this, what are they saying to us the ceos are saying we have to stop the show oh what uh i don't know we can go on because we're here uh they've said we can we can go on for another 15 minutes okay let's do that thank you thank you Thank you. Um, I'm really sorry to Holby City for being held up by this, but That's we like, will they'll, they'll finish be fine. when we finish. They'll be fine. We'll do it. Anticipating in 2020 award. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what an award. It's an award for what we're looking forward to next year. Many, um, peop- many people who win this award end up going on our list. Yeah. Which makes sense. It does. <laughs> Music we're excited about that turns out to be... Exciting. Yes. Um, I'm going to kick things off because yep. I've got I've got a double header. Oh. Um, I was just going to mention uh, Creeper, who are obviously a band I've mentioned many times in this podcast. I can't wait to hear their album this year. Um, recently, the singer said in Kerrang! magazine that there are no fast songs on the album. Oh. For a band that are probably known as a kind of goth punk rock thing, uh, they have abandoned their punk instincts uh, and... I can't wait to see what that entails on the album. Really excited about it. A band that always do things different and in their own way. Uh, I also wanted to do a shout out because since hearing her new songs, I've been absolutely infatuated by. I uh, almost considered putting them on the best of the year list, but I'm not going to put them because they're not on an album this year. And that's Soccer Mummy, um, who has come out with two absolute belters. Uh, and Huge. I can't wait to see what she does next. The Alex, Alex Ross Perry directed video. Uh, for Yellow is sublime uh, and I just think the fact that even they paired her with him it, I think it's just a, a sign of, uh, of the success she was ho- will hopefully have in the new year so can't wait to see that can't wait to see that eight airs um, I've got a few people uh, nominations and I've actually haven't picked the winner so let's do all my nominations um, the 1975 with notes on a conditional form oh. we've heard people we've heard some other tracks the album is, it's gonna happen. Fail state of mind. The last album, very good. Um, Ed O'Brien. Oh, yeah, I did finally coming out with a solo album. I don't think there's a title yet, but that Brazil track was amazing. Grimes with Miss oh. Anthropocene. This album was taking so long to come out that on the last awards show, she was on my top songs of the year, the first single. Oh, wow. This album's taking so long to come out. Um, we Appreciate Power came out l- the last oh, awards God, show. Yeah. And that's the lead single. The album's still not out. If the album, it has to, it should be. The singles are great. Matt Burning Joe, his first solo album, oh, yeah, will be exactly coming right. out. And Phoebe Bridges will probably have a new album. Probably like that. Um, but I'm gonna give it. I'm giving it to this because it's the album that's like. I'm giving it to 1975. Okay. Because it's like got a cover and it's official and it's there's a release date and it's all yeah. official. Lots of the other ones are not nice. like. 
Not confirmed. They're not confirmed. Set in stone. So I'm going to give it to 1975 because I felt like all year we've been waiting. All year we've been waiting. Eighters, eighters. Right. We're on to we're on to the biggies now. We're really on the biggies. Oh. So we've got we've got our best songs. We've got our best gigs. We've got our best records of the decade. What do you want to go with first? Would you rather, as in, do you want to go with songs of the year first and kind of do it that way? Yeah, let's do our songs of the year. That's okay, so we, have you got, what have you got? I've got a top ten. I've got a top ten. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> do you want to go ten each, nine each, blah, blah, blah? Yeah, go for it. Number ten for me is Lily Thomas with things you can find not only the best transition of the year, but <laughs> one of the best songs of the year. A beautiful... <laughs> Uh, a beautiful start to an album yeah. um, and it's it's great to see that song uh, have done a lot recently um, again if you haven't listened to it do give it a listen it's 23 minutes this album yeah you your time and this the song is. this song even shorter <laughs> so you have to listen to that it's beautiful folk music um, would recommend to anyone that's my number 10 number 10 Better Oblivion Community Centre with Dylan Thomas Ooh. down 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 wow now it doesn't sound anything like <laughs> yeah, it I was going to say proud <laughs> all you there we go it's my number 10 there's not much to say about it I love it uh, cool well actually funny enough it's my number 9 which we're going to go into now is My City by oh uh, almost did Dylan Thomas because they're both amazing uh, both but, great songs but My City is, is just like is a is, if I could say what kind of music would I like an album of I would say My City so there yeah, we go incredible my number 9 The National with Light Years Light Years Away that song Light Years because well, it's, it's really good. Like, it is it's really incredible. Good. Um, and they may appear later on. It's not maybe not something. Um, my number eight is Let Down by Curls. Um, oh, just, yes, actually. B- yeah, good bang, point. isn't it? Um, yeah. And also just been great to see, again, just a little Brighton band, a little free piece who we just saw support Orchards earlier in the year at a little benefit show. Um, get a really big response from people that have listened to this podcast. So it's been really great to see uh, that. And, it, and I think it is just... It makes sense because this is a really huge song, great chorus. I think the singer is ridiculously talented, uh, and the band are really kind of locked into a kind of uh, a mood on that one. So I'm really excited for what they do soon. Hopefully, they can get some money and get an album together. If not, I'm happy to still listen to the singles. So I thought you were going to say, if not, I'll fund it myself. <laughs> Kickstart this. Um, my number eight. It's Sandy Alex G. There's loads of great songs. I'm going to be up to Gretel. I don't want to go back. Yeah, you know it. It's Sandy Alex G. I know. Great song. It's a great song. Great song. Um, number seven for me is Seven is Seventeen by uh, Sharon Van Etten. That's a good. I don't. Do you really time to do that? That's pretty cool though. Uh, amazing, dark, mysterious, euphoric. Mm. Seventeen by Sharon Van Etten. Raf has just realised he didn't put it in his list. Even though I definitely know it's one of his favourites of the year. Uh, Raph, you've got number seven. <laughs> yep. My number seven, Big Thief, with the song Not, from Two oh. Hands. Um, very good. It is a beautiful song. Uh, I'd say, like, the, it was, the, like, for me, like, I've still got to get to grips with Two Hands, but Not is a banger. Yeah, incredible. Number six, You've Got Your Whole Life Ahead of You, Baby, by Ida. Uh, the best song on, on, on the album, which has almost got my U-turn award, um, but... 
it's weird to think because that's more of a 360 because love it not sure on it love it again yeah it's a 360 and um, maybe next year we can do the 360 so yeah, award number six uh you've got your whole life uh number six me it's the purple mountains with all my happiness is gone shouldn't laugh about it very sad yeah. but uh the reason why it's good is because it is like a, a fun yeah. catchy poppy song just with some of the saddest lyrics of all time r.i.p purple mountains um what an incredible song I think yeah. Number five, J. Paul is back, baby. Do you love her now? Unreal. Ridiculously good song. Can't wait to see what he does. Unreal. Um, but if he just said, I'm only doing these two songs and that's it, I'd be like, yeah, they're amazing. They're amazing. Anyway. Number five, for me, it's Lana Del Rey. I nearly gave it to Mariner's Apartment Complex, but I'm going to give it to Venice Bitch because it's long and weird. It's the song that made me realise, wait a second, this album might be one of my favourites of the year. Number four for me is Hairpin Turns. So that's Whoa. why I mentioned um, Hairpin's Turns. Hairpin's Turns. Um, I could have picked a number of songs in this because it always changes with me on yep. the national album. There's been times where it's been like this. There's been times where it's been Ryland. But at the moment for me, it's Hairpin Turns because it just has that moment. Or another one that could have got best moment of the year, that moment where the song switches and it just lifts. Beautiful yeah, moment. Incredible. Uh, number four. Incredible. Number, number, that was your number four. Oh, I've pressed the wrong button. Number four. My number four. Bonneville with Hey Ma! Hey Ma! Saw it get premiered live in London. Yes, hey Ma! One of the, the best, um, best, best songs of the year, obviously. That's why it's number four. Number three for me is Big Thief. Oh! Century. And I think that's, I think you probably guessed that if I said yeah. Big Thief song. Um, I, I know always, and I'll say it again, the guitar at the end. Keep doing it. It's amazing. <laughs> um, no, but just, I mean, a band full of beautiful songs and just for the creepy crop. Incredible. Uh, that was your number three, right? Number three for me, it's Lily Tamworth with Things You Can Find. Oh, nice. It's gone, it's gone, gone high up on my list because it is probably the best intro of the year. Uh, and also it's because it's a song I really keep going to. And I, I was listening to all these songs like in a playlist trying to figure out the order. And I was like, you know what? This is just an in- incredible song that I will, I, yeah, will really make me think of this year. Amazing. Number two for me. Oh, Ooh, the crowd loves it. <laughs> Don't Chorus by Tom York. Um, yeah. Cinematic, um, mysterious, just beautiful. Tom York, what can you say? He's one of the best songwriters of all time. Incredible. My number two. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. number two. It's a, a two-header. Oh. It's Sharon Bennett and 17, because I forgot to put it in, and I didn't have time I, to I rearrange really it. Song. And I love that song to bits. How I forgot it, I don't know. It's because I tried doing... I don't know. I didn't put enough time into this. And, and the actual one I put down is Big Thief with Cattails. Oh, amazing. Um, I feel, um, they're going to just both go there. You know, we'll figure it out in post. It won't. It's live. Number two. Uh, number one. Number one of the year. It's the A-Taz. to me is in part on my number one album of the year, and that's Bruce Springsteen uh, from the album Western Stars, and the song is Hello Sunshine. Um, a, a ridiculously beautiful song uh, and it holds a special place in my heart for reasons I don't want to go into um, but it's just a really beautiful song and it was really nice to hear it um, and be you know offer you know anticipated run of getting excited about the boss and getting excited about listening to his albums again and oh he's got a new album out oh god it's going to be really good and hearing that for the first time and being like oh this is it we're, we're in we're in for a treat here uh, it's Bruce Springsteen correct well I nearly put that in my top 10 it's one of my favourite albums of the year but then I just got confused my number one it's been mentioned before it's Tom York Dawn Chorus because of all the things we've said Tom York with Dawn Chorus amazing. song of the year there was the that, A-Taz that is, that's probably our joint as well. it's probably the joint song of the year it's our A-Taz for the top songs of 
the year, and I'm just getting a little. An, the, the the we've got a little note here from the producers. They say we need to go on on a on a on a break to let Holby City do the intro of, of the, and then we're gonna come back. It's very confusing. You'll see us very shortly. Happy New Year, everybody! It's just turned midnight, everyone. Woo! Oh my! The fireworks have just gone off. It's, it's officially, it's officially 2020. Come on, James, can we, let's open a bit of the bubble here. Bit of the bubble. Okay. Mmm. <laughs> that was a very good one. I do like um, a old lands, I, my lord. Yeah, I don't know any of what's that. Um, it's New Year's, everyone. Uh, it's just turned. It's the. It, it was always the plan. It's the it's the Ataz Hour Awards Show, and it's just it's just gone. It's turned midnight. Well, well done, everyone. Well done, everyone. Well done to the folks at home who have just enjoyed New Year's. Um, congratulations to all. Happy tidings to twenty twenty. And that was amazing, amazing. And we can now keep doing the awards show. Yes, we can. Right back to where we left off in the awards show. Incredible. We are now on to the big lists, our top lists of the year. No, mm. um, top songs we just did. And now we're on the Greatest Show Man Award. The Greatest Show And the Man. Greatest Show Man Award is for best gig of the year. And then the Ryan Giggs Award is for the best gig of the decade. I, I think that is what we agreed on. we did the yeah. Show Man Award last yes. year. Yes. So let's start with that. Do you want to go first? Have you got a, a one or a three or a ten or a two? The Greatest Show Man. So that's for the... Of the year. Of, of the year. I've got it swapped around in my notes. Uh, um, but you know what? That's fine. Um, I have some nomin- nominees. Okay, cool. And I don't think I have a winner yet. So we'll find out alive. Um, I'd say my nominees will be The National at the Brighton Centre nice. uh, My birthday um, Pompoko at the Great Escape Downstairs really at the Hope and Ruin There we go The crowd love that one They've won a few awards already um, And then I'm going for Better Oblivion Community Centre At um, Shepherd's Bush Brixton in London Somewhere in London and there's probably more. Oh, and um, and the nineteen seventy five at the Brighton Centre. It was right at the beginning of January. January the sixteenth. Um, and I just um, the, the, I'm getting told what the winner is right now through the earpiece because apparently uh, the sponsors have decided for me. La La Land. And <laughs> and the winner is it's a tricky one, but I think it's gonna go. To the 1975 at Brighton Centre. I just have good memories of it. And I remember crying. And I remember, you know, a bunch of us being there. And I just remember it being a good... uh, That's kind of... And also they made the Brighton Centre feel... Intimate and good and nice. and Which is a, a venue that is tricky to do that with. Tricky to do that with. Tricky dicky to do it with. So we're going to... Uh, I think it's going to that. Just because of the pure scope of it. Amazing. Um, but it could have gone to any of them. Okay. Crowd really need to calm down for a bit. <laughs> I really loved that last couple of bits about the 1975. Um, my top three, um, uh, my number three, I've just got a three, two, one. 
bronze, uh, silver, just kind of gold. One of the ones I wanted to mention. Um, special mention for that that show. Not didn't crack my list, but it was um, a really great time. Uh, number three for me is So Sue Me at the Prince Albert, mm. um, which is maybe my most recent gig. Um, but it, they were amazing, and it was just one of those gigs where you go and you see a band that you really love, and then it cements them as being like, I was like, oh, I know all the songs at this point, I know all this, and it's just like, and you've seen them grow a little bit over the last kind of year or two, so it was just a really great show. I love their songs, I think they've got a really great vibe, um, and it's just great to see them. I've seen them with a couple of different drummers now, but they seem to just be getting better and tighter and really great band number two for me is uh, Wembley and it's Bon Jovi yes. come on um, gig of the summer going with my mum and my sister to see that um, it's really nice to have a gig you can go to with your mum isn't it yeah Don't, she doesn't really overlap with any of my music tastes other than that so um, it was just really fun and Bon Jovi is obviously just like three hours of just bangers and just sing-alongs and just having the best time ever um, and you know John, John can still put on a show uh, number one for me is The Great Escape. I've just kind of put it as a whole because I could single out a few performances. Pompoko, obviously, Red Rum Club, Confidence Man, Chai. Like, Chai. there's so many great shows, but, like, whenever I think of those shows, I always think about them in conjunction with the others. Yes. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to The Great Escape because it was, it's just, it was just my favourite festival of all time. It's the best festival in the world. Everyone should come down to Brighton for The Great Escape. Um, yeah. Hopefully... We'll be doing some more Great Escape podcasts when it comes around oh, again. Oh, we will be. Um, it's the best time to live in Brighton, and that's because it's the best festival world. Should we now go on to of the decade? The Ryan Giggs Award. I have 11 nominees. I don't have 11 nominees. <laughs> but that would make like a football team. <laughs> yeah. You do it as a formation. Well, his number was 11 as the well. The goalkeeper is <laughs> the 2007 gig. And the... Okay. I could have just kept going on that gag. Yeah, yeah. The crowd love it, though. They love the gags. Uh, do you want to go? I don't really mind. Have you got, have you got like, an order? I've just got a three again. Three? Yeah. Okay, I've just wrote a kind of list. So basically, like with a lot of, of this, I wanted to put... It sounds like I haven't cared about it, but I wanted to put the least amount of time into this list because I thought that was, like, more, more genuine. I was just thinking, like... I want to just think of first thoughts, and I don't want because otherwise I just obsess over these lists, and like trying to figure out. Everyone's figuring out their own stuff. Proud love that comment. Um, these are just the lists that popped into my head when I thought of the okay. Ryan Giggs Award. Um, Radiohead at the O2 in 2012. Yeah. Um, also, they're in Manchester, but I'm going to put the O2. The, that one hasn't made the list, but the Manchester one was good. And uh, Sufjan Stevens at the Brighton Dome, which I think was 2011. Um, also, his other dome one, good, but hasn't made the list. Uh, Flaming Lips at the Brighton Dome, um, which was what, 22 years ago? One year yeah. ago? Yeah. Um, at People Festival, untitled, untitled, at the Funk House, Berlin. Two or three, three years ago, maybe. Um, Phoebe Breeze at the Unitarian Church. Yeah, that was really good. Phoebe Breeze at the Unitarian Church in Brighton. Um, and also, this was a weird one. I just, okay, this is just, I've seen Conor Obis like four or five times. Yeah. So just kind of, him as Dessa Parasidos, which I saw. Him, I've seen him once, I think, solos, and it's just him. And I've seen him, I think, twice with like a, Band. Once it was Doors as his backing band, okay. and once it was um, with the Felice Brothers, I think, as his backing band. One of them had Phoebe Briggs as the support act, which is 
was probably three years ago. Yeah. And that's when I first found her out. So that was an important gig. I then saw that the other one I saw, the support act was Big Thief. Wow. From looking it up, which meant I probably have seen Big Thief at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, randomly support Conobo. So maybe he has the best support bands of all time. Um, <laughs> and there's probably other gigs that I'm forgetting. Loads of really good gigs. Yeah, yeah. That I'm forgetting. I'm probably going to get gig in a decade. I've realised this is also for me just gig of life. Gig of life. Probably. Yeah, it's like my first gig, w- my first yeah, proper gig would have been Gorillas, and probably that would have been like 2010, maybe? Yeah. T- probably 2010. Um, so what this is really is just what the best gig of all time, and for me it probably, it always boils down to, it's either going to be Bradyhead or Sufjan, and I'm, I'm, I've decided I'm going to give it to Sufjan Stevens at the Brighton Dome in 2011, and I think that's because it's the gig, even though it happened such a long time ago it's the gig that I can remember the most vividly my memory's pretty bad but with the, when I think of Sufjan at the Brighton Dome I can really like picture the um, just kind of like the confetti that came down at one point I can really picture all the outfit changes I can really picture the beginning where it's pitch black and then he's seven swan starts and then the wings unfurl with the light uh, him playing impossible cell at the end um and then him coming back on as a young corn in Chicago. I remember it more than I remember most gigs. And this is a gig that happened at the beginning of the yeah, decade. Yeah. But so, yeah, you've told me about that gig so, so many Yeah, times. I've talked about it enough times. And that was a very important show. And, and it cemented the Brighton Dome as my favourite ever venue. And it still is. Um, really had the O2, though. Still has a special special place in my heart. Um, but that will be my Ryan Giggs Award. The crowd knew it. Giggs until the end of season. Um, my top three, uh, number three for me, um, is a gig that I, you did mention, but it's Flaming Lips at the Brighton Dome. Yeah. Um, it's, it's probably my third favourite gig of the decade. It's incredible. Because I didn't know really any of their songs going into that. I knew like one or two, and obviously they did the Bowie cover, but I remember just watching and just literally beaming with a smile for the whole set and just being like every single song felt like a crazy event and they would bring out something different whether he'd be on a unicorn going throughout the crowd or huge inflatable mascots or just big rainbows or like glittering like kind of snow like lights it was just like it was really a band that is just like in terms of a bells and whistles experience like no one did that I've no one never seen anyone do it better than that like in terms of just like throwing everything you've got the water it made like I've seen Muse live and Muse are known for their like stage show I would say it's nothing compared to the Flaming Lips. Um, number two for me is the Foo Fighters at Reading 2012. Um, just a, I built up the Foo Fighters for a number of years um, and seeing them at that point was a, just a really momentous occasion for me. Uh, I was actually volunteering at the festival at the time and after their set I had to work an eight hour shift. So imagine finishing a headliner at a festival and then going on and I literally couldn't care less. And like to to have a band be that good, where like you literally have like it's just blown everything else out. The fact that you've got to work until eight in the morning, just like putting out fires and like telling drunk people to get, you know it's like the worst shift weather, um, and it was just amazing. And like it was a really weird set for them as well because it's obviously a big headline performance at a festival, which you expect them to just do the greatest hits. But they ended up playing loads off of um, the first album and the second album, and that and everyone was just like a load of people around was like, "What are they playing?" And I was just like, "It's for all the cows, <laughs> <laughs> watershed." <laughs> oh, George, um, yeah, it was amazing, uh, and it was just a really special gig. Uh, my number one gig, however, though, is Rage Against the Machine at Download, two thousand and ten. I think this is just. Like the it's cusp. the cusp. It's the cusp. It's the best show I've ever seen. Um, 
like two and a half hours of a crowd just like that because it's just raging into the machine riffs are just yeah. it's just like so funky just looking around and even like you see like the edges of the crowd I just remember like people that were just like walking about at the festival were still like walking like with a like a kind of like with the groove of the song it was just such a strange experience and they just and they're like in terms of Bells and Whistles Rage Against the Machine have none they literally just come out and go they don't, before they start he, the singer just goes we are Rage Against the Machine from Los Angeles, California and then like starts there's just snare roll starts and then they just drop into the first song and then it's just that up wow. and down up and down it was amazing I think like Tom Morello is just such an amazing guitar player and like to like have those kind of riffs down they're just so simple but they're just so just hit you and you're mm. just kind of moving. Um, it's, it was an amazing show. So that's my gig of the decade, Resonance Machine. They get the Don't Ryan it. Giggs Aters Award. Giggs Aters, Aters, Aters. Right, this is it. Is this is oh. the re- records of the decade. The big, the big daddy. Oh, this one's hard. Bit of isn't the daddy. the doctor, the daddy. Best albums of the decade. I've just got a five. Oh, okay. Have you got more than that? I've got ten, even that I'm not sure about. Well, I'm happy to go down, uh, if you want to do your, like, latter five. And we also we, have and um, listener lists as well. Oh, let's do that first, actually. That'd be really nice. Some listener lists. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Um, let's get Thanks to everyone who gave us a list. Um, a lot of them came along with our albums of the year lists, so it's really nice to see people kind of care enough to send us two. Yeah, some people have done, um, like, proper long lists, and some have just sent us a kind of... Just some albums that they liked. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do that now. I'm going to do um, first from um, PB himself. Oh. My dad. Let's do his. his um, I, mean, I really trust his. Album of the decade. He's gone for David Bowie, Black Star. Oh. Dive is the is the is our voice Arcade Fire, The Suburbs, Gorillas, Plastic Beach, Tame Impala, Lonerism. Okay. Kendrick, The Pimper Butterfly, Bonnevere, Self Titled, The National High Violet, Radiohead, King of Limbs, Radiohead, Windshake Paul. Amazing that he's got King of Limbs in there. Big respect yeah. for that. Interesting, yeah. Lonerism, um, obviously, over, over, now I'm really like, I probably prefer Currents, but that's just like a taste thing. Tony Impala, I'd be really interested to see how old that album is next year. Um, I mean, Timber Butterfly, yeah, just one of the best. Yeah. Um, amazing. Um, really great list. It's a great list. And now we have, um, we have Curtis. Curtis sent us, um, he only sent us a decade list. Um, so we can now do, he did a top 20, so I'm going to rattle through his top 20. Go for it. 20, Sleigh Bells Treat, 19, Proto Matter Relatives, 18, Mitski Puberty, 17, LCD Sound System Happening, 16, Trams Grin, 15, US Girls Half Free, 14, Jenny Havel, Apocalypse Girl, 13, The Weekend Trilogy, 12, Beach House Teen Dream, 11, Burial Burial, 10, The National High Violet, 9, Mount Erie Acro, 8, okay. Proto Matter Agents, 7, Angel Olsen Fire, 5, Grimes Visions, or six, I mean. Five, Sun Kill Moon, Benji. Four, Kendrick Lamar, Mad City. Three, Frank Ocean, Orange. Two, Kendrick Lamar, To Pimp a Butterfly. And one, Kanye West, Dark Twisted Fantasy. Mm, interesting. It's a very good list and it's very yeah. Curtis and I think it's really well A couple really of Proto well Martyr albums in there. Yeah. Obviously both Kendrick, or not both, because he's not down there, but um, all of them is in. Yeah. Just two. Um, interesting. Nice to see High Violet in there. Yeah, really, a, a really good list. Really, really, um, yeah. I, I, I think a decade list is some is even more telling of someone's genre, oh, obviously. Yeah. But like, it's like that. That is, uh, I now want a playlist of just um, Curtis's albums. There we have um, Froshy sent us. 
she's just said um, five albums of the decade um, in order from least to most favourite. Okay, so I'm guessing I've done it right. Uh, Laura, Mavila Sing to the Moon, uh, Tyler the Creator, um, Igor, Paramore, Paramore, Childish Gambino because the internet, Arctic mm. Monkeys, Tranquility, Base Hotel and Casino. Interesting. Which if it is, if I copy and paste it the right way, it's her album of the decade. Wow, that's amazing. Um... Uh, yeah, really interesting record. I, ha- I haven't gone back to vis- revisit it since like the initial spell. Um, but yeah, to think of it, how big the Arctic Monkeys are and that, what that album is and stuff. Are they doing a- an album next year? Maybe. Maybe. Also, when I, anytime I even see the title, I still go... Dum, 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 dum. So yeah. it's catchy enough. The Strokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Neil has given, has given me one. Nice. Uh, his album of the decade. Well, it said he said album of the decade. That's hard as hell. But the one I've probably played the most, and I think everyone should hear, is Mark Eitzel's "Don't Be a Stranger." It came out in two thousand twelve. Um, so that's Neil's recommendation. I will definitely be giving that a go. For sure. I'm sure it's a really interesting album. It's a bold move when you just give one album, and I love yeah. it. Just here it is. Um, we have Martin Lewis, M Butterfly himself. Cool. Um, he's given us this list. I'm not sure it's in order. Perfume Genius, Learning. Nice. Um, there we go. Oh, he's even put the dates, but I'll just do Perfect Genius Learning from 2010. Um, Women, Public Strain, 2010. PJ Harvey, Let England Shake, 2011. Tim Hecker, Raven Death, uh, 1972 from 2011. Julia Holter, Loud City Song from 2013. Proto Marta, Under Colour of Official okay. Right, 2014. Bjork, Bonus Secura, 2015. Nick Cave, Skeleton Tree, 2016. Low, Double Negative, 2018. And Earl Sweatshirt, Some Rap Songs, 2018. Oh, okay. A real eclectic mix in there. We're going to now rush over to Joe Watson. Okay, go for it. Kendrick Lamar, Pimp Butterfly, Sufjan Stevens, Carrie Ann Lowell, Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City, Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, A Tribe Called Quest. We got it from here. Thank you for your service. Nice. Kendrick is coming up a lot now. And that's all of them. That's all of them. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I'd yeah. say the big hitters that we got from every, well, the listeners, quite a few proto Yeah. Uh, the crowd are loving that. Uh, quite a lot. Kendrick... Both a few Kanye's, yeah. Um, Sue Ben Stevens a few times. We've had a few. I don't know who the listeners artist of the decade is. Don't yeah. We'd have to do some more analytics. Yeah, we would. It's Arctic Monkeys, Tranquility Basin. <laughs> um, yeah, go for it. Go, do you want to do, start yours? Do you want to do, go t- 10 to 5? Yeah, I want to just also do. say that I've, I've very much probably missed a bunch of stuff. And also the, the ordering doesn't really matter. It does, I have put it in order, but at yeah. this, when it's the, these ten are all A+, plus, no, easy peasy. Yeah. Um, and a few that have just, um, what hasn't got in, I had like a longer list, so Frank Ocean, Blonde and Channel Orange didn't go in, but they're, they're both A+. Plus. Archify the Suburbs isn't in, but that's an A+. Plus. Dear Hunter Halcyon Digest isn't in, but that's an A+, plus and one of my favourite albums of all time. So like, just to get out that out of the way. These are all A+, plus. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. At number ten, Conor Robos Ruminations. Okay, cool. Because, come on. Yeah, man. Also, it's one I nearly didn't put in. Shout. <laughs> one I nearly didn't put in, but then it's... I've actually listened to it a time, and it's amazing. Nine, Beach House Bloom. Eight, The National High Violet. Seven, Phoebe Bridges, Strange in the Alps. Yeah. Six, Cange at the Mar to Pimp Butterfly. And I'll end there. Okay, cool. Interesting. I, I, in my head, I was like... I thought Kendrick would be in there, and I thought Phoebe would be in there. So that um, makes a lot of sense. I thought they'd be. I maybe thought Phoebe would be higher. Don't know why I thought that. It's tricky. Um, I, she's above the national, which I think is yeah, actually a bit. That's true. Crazy. So I don't even even that. I'm not Woo! sure. It's a bit like woohoo! Is that correct? Um, <laughs> Sue me. Should we just do? We'll do two five. Yeah. Four, three, two, I'll start. 
Um, my number five, I don't know why I'm looking, I know what it is. It's Bring Me the Horizon, the Sempaternal. Sempaternal. Um, one of the first albums put in the Attic Collection. Um, and I think I picked this and I put it at five because it's, I think, the album that I think I started this year, uh, this decade, at 17. And I think this is a great album to represent kind of my like teenage listening into the kind of start of my 20s. Like, mm. I, I still, Bring Me the Horizon, whatever they put out. They just put out an EP. It's really weird, um, but uh, everything they listen to, I will always listen to. Like I will yeah. always do, and that's because of the impact this album had on me. Mm. Um, I've listened to it at a very formal, formative time in my life. I've gone into that before, so I won't do that now. Um, and it's just an absolute masterpiece of of heavy rock music. It's expansive, um, full of atmosphere and mood. Um, a terrific vocal performance from a guy who is often slated for his vocals. Um, and it's just a you know a really kind of gargantuan sounding album sonically, uh, so yeah I think it just made sense to me to put it there, because um, I think and I think the rest of this list reflect I think this is a really nice five I think it really reflects my decade in listening, um, and I couldn't have not if it didn't have if it didn't have this album on there it would have been totally unjust and untrue to myself and my younger self so Bring Me the Horizon at five seven incredible, my number five is Bon Iver. 22 a million <laughs> spoiler it's, it, that's the it's Bonnevere's entry into the list oh. um, Bonnevere Bonnevere I think is I nearly put it in for similar reasons that you just talked about for that like Bonnevere Bonnevere came out 2010 2011 okay. early on and that really was like the album of my kind of of like college really in that mm-hmm. kind of time and that album did mean a lot to me and that was the soundtrack to those years. Um, I think it's tricky because it was just like, oh, I think there's been a lot of time where I don't listen to it as much. And even when I listen to it now, it feels dated in my head, but it's not dated because the album is. It's because like it just reminds me so much of me at that time. Yeah, yeah. That, like, it just reminds me of like 2010. So I think that's why I'm like, oh, this feels 20, like feels like college music. It yeah, doesn't. Yeah. It's pretty timeless. But, um, but I've gone for 22 a million, and that's because... Um, I think that's, I think it's one of his best albums. I think it's him at his most unique and personal and strange. And also I guess that album's completely just linked to the weird Berlin festival I went to, which I'll never forget. And seeing those songs live there for the first time and hearing why he made it and, and the whole community strange aspect of that festival and how it links to that album. Even just like just getting on the plane and listening to that album um, and like, just will really remind me of just finishing uni um, and a really good touchstone as well I think that album and that whole festival and everything of like how I'd want to be as an artist or like it's, it's, a, it's a really good kind of I don't know and it's just an amazing album amazing that's my number five yeah so it's, a, it's a, a really um, a really brilliant album um, I think very defining for him as an artist I think as we've talked about many times before uh, number four <laughs> for me is D'Angelo with Black Messiah came out in 2014 um, and D'Angelo is a very much an artist I discovered at university through uh, my housemates at the time um, and I just have really great memories of D'Angelo and I remember like discovering him and, and uh, all of us sitting in a bedroom and just being like 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 we discovered a genius it was just like oh my god this guy's amazing he had these two albums from the 90s and now he's just not done anything since and like we're like why he's, these are so groovy these are so the drums are so like sloppy but obviously really tight as well um, and we were just like what the hell's going on here um, and then he dropped 
this album uh, on like the 28th of December, like 2014. So it's right at the end of the year, didn't announce it. And it was just like, what the hell, DeAngelo's back after like 12 years. This is the weirdest thing ever. Um, and it's just a, a, a really kind of amazing um, journey through genres and uh, different songs about kind of everything from you know soldiers and, and war and um, you know uh, kind of the Black Lives Matter movement but there's also songs that are just, uh, just groovy as anything there's songs just love songs on it um, he's just a really kind of brilliant eclectic artist and it's been great to have someone who I can over a few different friend group I, I can remember I've so many memories of Dianne Show like I remember when he released the first track from this um, which was Ain't That Easy um, I remember being at a party and like at university and someone was like oh can you put something on and not to me but to my housemate Jack at the time and he put on this song and then everyone was just turned around like oh my god what the hell is this this is amazing and I was like and we were all just like yeah we know it's D'Angelo he's, he's incredible and everyone was just loving it uh, and then I remember like there's a song on this album called uh, what's it it's called A Thousand A Thousand Deaths and it's um about about it's kind of from the perspective of a soldier who's going into war and it's kind of the the, like the manipulation of, of the army that have controlled him and all this kind of stuff it's a really strange song and it's sonically bizarre really like thumping and bassy um but i remember like debating the lyrics with joel my other my one of my best friends just sitting down just listening to this song and debating the lyrics for ages and we both had like really strong stances on what they meant it was it was just a really great time um so yeah diancho black messiah 2014 um, a remarkable album from a remarkable artist. I can't wait to see the documentary that they've made on him. That's my number four. Number four for me. <laughs> He's already been mentioned in the ATAS. He got our, he got the biggest disappointment award. It's Kanye West with a dark twisted. There it is. Fantasy. Nearly went higher, nearly went lower. Who knows? Uh, this album, uh, the, the biggest thing for me is it's just very a formative album, which I think changed my listening habits and changed a lot of what I thought about music so it has to go up I think it's an album that changed the musical landscape in a lot of ways I don't think Bon Iver would have made his album if this album hadn't gone which is why I kind of like that this is just a bit above it um, some of Bon Iver's best work I think is probably on this album as well um, Interesting. it's this strange uh, like mammoth of a project which is like it's got some of the catchiest and like most kind of fun kind of pop moments I think of the decade as well and stuff that I remember loads of great Rihanna hooks and even songs like Power which are just like really catchy but then it has um, just uh, such a good like um, what am I trying to just, you know just themes of, of fame and greed and, and everything and I think it was an album that defined those kind of uh, the early parts of the decade um, and songs like Monster are some of the best songs again of the decade and it's just kind of and it had so many collaborators and it had so many outside forces and I guess I think everything because I don't really know how to talk about it I guess I think everything melded and, and you listen to it and it does feel like it's kind of what the what the even the album title is it is this weird twisted strange thing that probably shouldn't work and it somehow everything went together I yeah. think with Kanye he creates this kind of chaotic way of working that either you get this which is I think just a streak of just is just a genius album where you can just listen to it for hours and hours. Even like Chris Rock's really funny interludes and like loads of... It's just a weird... It's either going to really work or fail and I think sometimes his stuff is too overindulgent or just doesn't work or just isn't good. Yeah. Um, but when it really works, like there's this weird 
like energy he creates that when it works it works and from, and I think this changed everything for me it's, it's what kind of got me more into the kind of hip-hop and rap it also got me more into thinking about collaborations it got me more into thinking about all this other stuff so I think this is yeah a real seminal album for me that's, that's it that's amazing uh Lost in the World as well oh man so I just yeah. wanted to shout out that song because that's an absolute belter, Lost in the World that drop um number three for me Radiohead, a moon-shaped pool. Whoa. Um, I mean, yeah. Do we need to? Do I even need to say anything? <laughs> like, it's one of those albums that we just talk about them every bloody episode. Yeah. Shut up, guys. We get it. You like Tom York. You like Ed O'Brien. <laughs> you like Phil Selway. Um, I mean, yeah. All the reasons for a moon-shaped pool. It's an absolute just masterpiece of an album. Um, Maybe even be my favorite album of 2016 now in hindsight, and that was a hell of a year. That yeah, was like, it was. I mean, that was like when it was like Black Peak's debut album, Let Live on their third album, Bon Iver 22 million, wasn't it? Yeah, um, Frank Ocean Blonde. I mean, and, and I like, think looking back, that was probably the best. I think it's one of my best years of the decade, yeah. absolutely. And it, yeah, I think Moonshake Pool for me is the album that I've definitely revisited the most from it. It's just so it captures everything that like. It's like, it captures like my favourite side of Radiohead, which is the like strange, ethereal, psychedelic side. It's like all this, I love the string arrangements. I love because like one of my like favourite Radiohead songs is Pyramid Song, and that is like, yeah. it feels like that is a song that could belong on this album. For it's sure. like, and it's just like and I love that side of them so much. I think it's my favourite thing they do, and I think Moonship Pool is the most in terms of an album that has done that kind of thing. It's the one that is really over the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Moonship Pool number three. Number three. What's it gonna be? Number three. Sufian Stevens. Carrie and Lowell. Oh, amazing album. Um, I don't know what, what I can really say about Carrie and Lowell. Maybe just a. I don't know. A beautiful <laughs> personal album, isn't Incredible, it? Incredible, like meditation on death. Um, <laughs> meditation. <laughs> meditation on death. Meditation. Um, it's also just it's just incredibly beautiful. Uh, it's this perfect mix of of like uh, of like kind of like lo-fi, kind of like not super high quality sound, but with like the most beautiful melodies and string work. And it does create this weird kind of uh, feels very classic. It feels very strange, but very modern. Um, I love everything about it. It's like deeply sad, but hopeful. It's I think Sufjana is most. Obviously, it's most personal, um, and it's just, and also just an album which just one of the best projects I've ever heard, which can, has a consistent mood, which never kind of wavers, but doesn't, um, you know, doesn't detract or get boring in any way. And I think for someone who's known for his experimentation and known for like his lavish, huge productions, for him to then create what I think is like the most beautiful, quiet album of the decade, probably, um, is. In, like it just shows his kind of just shows his scope and what he's capable of um, and he'd, he'd always shown flourishes a bit with other projects but this was uh, yeah I just love the the aesthetic of it um, it feels like that's the best ever like bedroom album of all time um, you listen that even on he's released like the kind of iPhone demos of some stuff okay. um, and some tracks are even recorded with iPhones on certain bits um, and you think you can tell and like the iPhone demos are just beautiful as well and you literally like it would just be called like iPhone demo in hotel, bathroom, whatever, and you yeah. can just hear an extractor fan, and it's just like an amazing version of Carrie and Lowell or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, just a beautiful song, beautiful album that I think of all the time, and I think, yeah, 
there's not really much else I can really no. have to say about it. It's carrying along. I'm sure everyone has heard of it. If not, it's a, it's an amazing, amazing album. Yeah, um, yeah. But I would recommend that to anyone who is after anything that you've just described. Yeah. Um, my number two. Calm down. Calm down. My number two is Let Live, and oh. it's Let Live with the blackest, beautiful. Uh, the sophomore, uh, well, not actually, second, yeah, third album. Um, I I did a big speech about Let Live in, on one of the last couple of episodes, so I won't go into this one too much. Um, this album is an album that's kind of just really always stays with me. Whenever I think about what my favourite albums are ever, I always think about this album. I think about just how amazing it is for a band to come from a place where it's, you know, they come from a kind of side of music which isn't necessarily seen as like critically. There's not a lot of depth in you know rock or hardcore or anything like that. Whereas to me, I'm like this has more depth than most. Like it's got so much to say about everything, everything from the personal to the political. It's a really remarkable album sonically. It's just got one of the best like p- drama performances of the decade, hands down. It's just the like the grooves and the beats are un- unbelievable. Um, the biggest shame of the decade is probably the fact that Let Live Are No More. <laughs> like that is yeah. like a, a real kind of still a real sad touchstone for me and I like, just don't really rate the fever anymore who come out of it it's just not the same it's not the same energy um, so hopefully we'll see that live again one day I've got my fingers crossed um, but yeah Black is Beautiful when I, when I went back home and I told the guys we were doing as in in November that we would be doing this podcast they were all like oh, are you going to be mentioning that and I was like yes <laughs> so this is this is me mentioning it um, there we go Let Live The Black is Not only mentioning it it's at number two yeah, second best of the decade. Oh, I've hit the mic. Who cares? It's a party. Uh, number two. Uh, what's mine? Radiohead, Me, Shake, Paul. Amazing. So we don't really have to talk about it. By far the album. If, if we did, um, if you've ever seen people have been doing the end of year um, like word maps on like Twitter or stuff, where you, it shares it like it puts all the words you said the most in the year bigger. You know those little things. Yeah. If we if we had a podcast one, it would just be Radiohead really big, wouldn't it? And it'll be this album. Um, too many good memories, but just uh, one of the best memories of the decade is is, is the listening party we did Absolutely. at uni for this by far. When I I was talking about this the other day to people at work, um, because it is it's always a thing I end up mentioning because it is a really yeah, it's a really incredible night I think. Um, and it does show that I think music like if you treat it's hard to do it, but if you treat music like a film or you treat it like a performance, like at the album as that, like yeah. it does create a. a atmosphere that is akin to going to the cinema or like something like that you know I think it only works with an album like this but oh, it was when the music warrants it yeah. like but then at the same time it's because like we're, we are kind of you are focusing you are yeah. like really focusing and it like does perk your ears up yeah, yeah. sorry no, that's it and then yeah so I just wanted to mention that as a, as a nice moment of the decade definitely one of my favourite moments of being at university um, and yeah and, and is it and, and they're an amazing band because you know if I had to do their best albums, where would this be? I don't even know. But in terms of the decade, um, this was a really special album, and it, and it and it felt more mature. And it, it felt like a new maybe stage of them. I don't know, them kind yeah. of like towards the kind of twilight peak of their career, towards the end. That's what I'm gonna go for. No, amazing. Um, one album. Oh, number one. Number one. What's it gonna be? Do you have any idea? Um, I had some thoughts. Yeah, I think I know maybe what's gonna be. But I could be miles off. Do you want to guess? Oh, no, if I'm wrong. Might be wrong. 
Is it Ben Howard? It's Ben Howard. Oh, oh look at that. <laughs> it's Ben Howard. That's amazing. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, ben Howard, Ooh. I forget where we were. I forget where we were. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, for some reason I got a real satisfaction of realising this was my number one. Like, mm. when I was putting together a list of things and I kept like thinking, like, oh, is, you know, is it Let Live or is it... Sem- like, even like, I'm like, it's not Semper, it might be Sempaternal because of like, how much I've listened to it. And I was like, even like... Moonshape, I was like, maybe it's Moonshape. But then, like, putting this, I was like, no, this is the album I probably revisited the most since it's come out. And that was in 2014 as well, same year as D'Angelo. Um, what a year. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think Ben's just become a really important artist for me. I think, again, it's just when you have friends and stuff that you really associate with artists, you somehow feel like your fandom of them is inferior. And I think we have yeah, that yeah. with some people we know. So like, it was just a case of, I think of that initially, um, but a very defining artist of, I think just like really underrated, really, really underrated artists, particularly, I think because of his first album and how people perceive that, they then perceive the latter two as, or the latest two as, like they just don't care it's like oh it's just a Ben Howard album but I'm like I really would urge people to listen to I Forget All We Were and Noonday Dream because I think they're both really brilliant really interesting albums um, definitely worth anyone's time and this was like the start of it this was like I don't want to say his kid A because it's not the same but like this is him going actually I don't want to be part of what people perceive me to be I want to be trying I want to make music that's expansive and evolving and really exploring and like I don't want to be just be a guy who sings like kind of poppy folk songs you mm-hmm. know it kind of music has a much larger effect you want it's like making music for, for people that want to listen to music rather than yeah. you know just radio I don't know um, and he's a great personality as well proper stubborn bastard and you got to like you got to like that um, so yeah I think it's just a really amazing beautiful album I listen to it all the time um, the song I'm really into at the moment Time is Dancing what, what don't know why it just it's come up a couple of times recently and I'm really into it really great mood on that one um, but I mean it's just got everything you'd want from a kind of strange but also kind of relaxing album because you've got songs like Conrad and She Chutes Me All which are really relaxing but then you've got songs like End of the Fair and Evergreen and um, Small Things and stuff that are really strange and kind of like kind of like off-guarding but also quite just beautiful songs, you know, just really kind of, they have that kind of Radiohead psychedelic ethereal thing going on. Um, and I think it's just, yeah, it's just an amazing, amazing album. And I've, whenever I think of like recommending like my favourite albums of the decade to people, this one always seems to be the one that I say. So I guess that's meaning through that as well. So yeah, Ben Howard, I forget where we were. Incredible. I was going to say, the reason I thought this would be a number one is that I was like, I've been at work. I've been occasionally putting music on whatever, and I've been thinking at the end of the decade list. I've been putting on a few of these things just to kind of like reevaluate the list, I guess. And there's you know a bunch of this maybe have gone higher or lower because I've listened yeah. to it again. And Ben Howard came up because it's um, there's this little work iPod we have to use occasionally, and it's it's the only one of the only things that's artists that I like on this long list yeah, of yeah. stuff. And so I've listened to that album now so much at work, and I had this weird moment where I was like, I think James will put this as number one. And then I was like, and this is definitely one of the best albums of the decade. It's just that I'm so late. I remember listening to it at the time, listening to it a few times, but I haven't got enough of it of like a, a connection to put it anywhere. But yeah. I remember I've been listening to it lots recently and I've been like, this is probably is one of the best of the decade. 
Oh, that's that's your number two. Yeah. One one. <laughs> they get you the eight out. Eight out. Ben Howard gets an eight out. Has he had one before? Don't know. Um, maybe. Um, it's time for my album of the decade. It's a funny old thing <laughs> to do an album of the decade. Um, and it's going to Sufian Stevens' Age of Odds. Uh, so it's his. He's got two in the top three. That's amazing. Which means for me, he gets <laughs> Art of the Decade Aters. <laughs> Whoa. Um, incredible. Um, why is this here? Uh, this is tricky. It came out 2010. It's just, just about um, applicable. It was my first new Sufjan album. I remember that much. Um, it came out... Um, I just remember... Really remember the, the cycle of it coming out. I remember getting the... CD and the record, I remember the big poster I had, I had it on, up at uni for the first two years. Um, and I don't know why, it has got gig of the decade, I think a lot of it is thinking of that gig. But overall I think it's the most, it is I think the most weird, confusing, genre, genre like bending, like expansive, strange album. I, don't, I haven't heard anything like it no. in the decade, I don't think any there's been anything like it because there's been stuff that is strange in its own right, but I've never heard an album which does so much as this. And when I listen to it, I'm like, I, it just feels like this like strange, epic, huge movie. It ends on a 25 minute incredible song, Impossible Soul. It has, it starts on one of his most beautiful songs, Few Old Devices, which could be on Carrie and Lyle. Mm. Um, has these weird electronic, like kind of dance songs, like too much. Um, um, has songs like, um, I Want To Be Well, which is this kind of like, kind of like post-punk kind of uh, electronic post-punk Mac, like song with this big mantra in it which I still think about I think it's really powerful yeah it's just like emotional but like confusing it's like I think the epiphany of like of, of like indie art or whatever it's just like an art album in, in its own right I don't really know how to explain it I don't think anything's there's anything like it and it's still an album I go back to all the time and I'm like I don't know how this got made yeah it's really fun to revisit it this year as well yeah um, so Age of Odds Sufjan Steven gets my album of the decade. Amazing, and that's, that's it. That's an ATAS. I hope everyone has enjoyed the ATAS award show. The shortest ever ATAS. Yeah, we want to thank the sponsors who've um, put us on the TV today. The Coronation Street, um, all the other soaps. Uh, we want to thank um, the, um, Jules Holland Hootenanny, yep. who um, graciously stepped down this year to let us have their spot. Um, thank you for doing New Year's with us. Uh, it's been a great way to begin the year, I guess. Yes, End yeah. and then begin the year by looking at the at the year and the decade. It's yeah. a big... Will we be here to review next decade? Will podcasts still be a thing? Will the world still be spinning? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thanks for listening. If you got this far, I really appreciate it. Um, and we'll see you probably at the start of February is the next time you hear our voices. Um, yeah. We'll be coming back with probably look at January's music as well as a Kofi episode from all albums that have been submitted over that time so uh, thanks again um, and we shall see you then I guess yep that's an ATAS and we'll see you soon <laughs>